Blog Talk Radio. Pleasant, most, the most pleasant afternoon to you, one and all. Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. Or good evening, depends on the time where you are. I'm on the, on radio with our guest, Dr. Martha J. Watts, an author and educator with high goals for students. I'm your host, Etienne Gibbs, and let's get right into it. Let's say hello to Dr. Watts. Good evening, Dr. Watts. Good evening, Mr. Gibbs. How are you? Fine, thank you, ma'am. Fine, thank you. Glad to have you with us today. Now, I know you're a lady, a doctor, an educator, all with one goal in mind, to have high goals for students. Tell us about that, please. How did that come about? Well, I would say probably when my first dream didn't come true, I really wanted to Uh be a nurse growing up. I wanted to be a nurse all along, and then at some point in my life, I became a social worker for six months and then that too didn't come up through oh. so I so I fell through on teaching teaching happened to just you know take a hold of me when I wasn't expecting it and it <laughs> transformed it, huh? it acted yes and it just transformed into a passion so in my home country oh. of Dominica I taught for nine years as an elementary school teacher I became qualified wow. teacher, assistant teacher before I left. And so from then, I've just loved teaching. Oh, interesting. You want to be a nurse, became a teacher. Now you're an educator preparing materials yes. that would help teachers work with their students. Wow, that's quite a Definitely. Yes. heap of heap and bounce and jumping to get where you are. But you did it. You exactly. did it. You did it. I did. And I'm glad you yes, shared that because... Yes, we want our audience to know that, that they can't always sit back and say, well, I want to be so-and-so, but if you do nothing, nothing happens. So talk exactly. to us more about your background. You you wanted to be a nurse, and you ended up becoming mm-hmm. a teacher, and you went to the mm-hmm. same university I attended. Tell us about that, Yes, please. I did. Well, after teaching for nine years in my home country of Dominica, I wanted to get a bachelor's degree in something. Actually, I, I thought it was going to be elementary education, but when I got to UVI, I realized that what I did at Dominica State College, at the time it was Dominica Teachers Training College, was pretty much the same thing mm-hmm. that I was going to do for a bachelor's degree. So I decided, okay, oh. I'm just going to do a degree in English. And so I switched. Instead of <laughs> doing elementary education, I did English and secondary education. So when I was finished studying at UVI, I actually became a secondary school teacher rather than an elementary school teacher. So it just kind of morphed, wow. you know, into, into other jump. things. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes. And then when I, when I, when I, while I was at UVI, yeah, while working on my, my education degree in UVI, I really, English, I wanted to do, I wanted to do um, African studies or something in literature. That's what I really wanted to get my master's degree in. 
But at the time, UVA uh-huh. did not have anything in masters in English, and um, I didn't get a fellowship that I was trying to, I was kind of pursuing. So I'm like, okay, the next mm-hmm. thing UVA has is degrees in education, so why not just do one? And so I just swung and did, yes, my degree in administration at UVA. So you took advantage of what was available rather than complain that it didn't what have what if, you wanted. Yes. Exactly. 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 That's a good lesson exactly. right there for our audience, mm-hmm. especially That's the novice, right. foreign authors. Mm-hmm. If, in fact, you don't mm-hmm. find what you want, don't complain about it. Take advantage of what's yes. available and make it work for you. Wow, wow, exactly. wow, wow, wow. So and now, incidentally, so now you are the yes. author. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Go ahead, ma'am. Go ahead. Now, I was saying, incidentally, oh. that's the exact way that I started writing for educators. At first, I had all of, I, I have books with po- like maybe pages of poetry. I have pages of short stories, but I never published any of those. Isn't that ironic? Oh, wow. It is ironic. Yeah. You're an author, but not yeah. an author anymore. More educator. <laughs> <laughs> right. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, yeah you went yeah. with what was available rather than what was in your heart. Yes. Because That's right. when you put what's in your time. heart together with what's out there, it didn't mm-hmm. match at the time. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. But this is good that you're here because these are good learning stories for our audience to learn from. Mm-hmm. And I thank you for being so open mm-hmm. and transparent to share this with our audience. Yes. So now you are the creator, the founder, and the specialist in the special pro- process you have that would help students from kindergarten through high school and perhaps even into into the, the university, college or university, or even the workplace. You have something known as writing to respond. What is that, please? Well... What I really want is students to be able to write in response to what they read or text in general, okay. whether it was a movie that you looked at, whether it was, um, you know, a book that you read, whether it was a literary device, whether it was informational text. Are you able to respond to that in writing? And what I found I out, well, because I was part of UVI, I, in 2003, I did the, not the writing project. I was part of the writing project in 2003 at UVI. And I remember Dr. Harkins Pierre was working on Kids Count. And they asked oh, yes. Dr. Paris at the She's time, <laughs> yeah, um, would you get one of your, your, your students to speak to our parents on nonfiction writing? And I was selected. And from that very day, summer in 2003, when I conducted that research, that, that, that workshop for parents teaching students to write nonfiction uh-huh. writing, I realized it was a need wow. because in elementary school, most, I was an elementary school teacher for nine years, and I, I'm saying that because I know what I'm saying. We, we have yes. a tendency to yes. teach because most of our reading on that level is literary, like the stories and, you know, all of those beautiful things, yes. especially in language arts. Yes. We tend to let the students write those stories. So we have a lot of fiction going on. Students are writing, you know, somebody at, you know, if I were a butterfly or if I lived on Mars. or So all of this 
sci-fi or whatever else it is. So students are writing all of those things. But then I realize if I were to ask a child, can you write to tell your mom why you should get that iPad for Christmas? They will stalk. Yes. So uh. when I did that when I did that workshop in two thousand and three, it just gave me that illumination. It's like we need to teach our kids to write nonfiction from elementary. And so it, it just gave me a new perspective on writing. And even if, as I told you, I had just graduated from, you know, with, with an English degree, so I was all into English, English, and I would be, you know, creative writing was my thing. <laughs> I, I wrote quite a bit of yeah. stories. I had po- poems that I wanted to, 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 um, to publish. But then I realized, look, taking the role of doing nonfiction writing with students. Our students need to do nonfiction writing, and they shouldn't have to do it just twice, two weeks in a semester because they're doing um, expository writing. It should be something they could do anytime. And the passion yes. just kept it just, it just kept growing. And then in 2009, I attended another seminar. This time is in Saint Croix, national writing project again, and we had something very interesting. We were supposed to sit and grade some sample essays from high schools in the Virgin Islands, and it was uh-huh. it, it just it just it just illuminated me even more. It's like, look, we have students on the eleventh grade level who are writing, given these argumentative um, prompts, and they do not know how to handle it. So I realized, look, our students need to be able to do this habitually. If they can do it habitually, then when the test comes along, they shouldn't be surprised. You can handle it. Yeah. Right. Because when, when these teachers wow. went around, when, when, the, when the district round went around and got these samples, they didn't have teachers prepare students to come to, to get these, to write these prompts. They just showed up and said, okay, we, we want this. And so what did the students already know? So from then, my mind just said, look, all our students are supposed to write surely. We need to cultivate a habit of writing. And so I, I, I created in the classroom in 2010, summer of 2010, was it summer of spring of 2010, I decided, well, okay, um, let's go beyond summarization. Because a lot of times, I mean, I admire right now we have the governor's um, reading initiative, we have lots of reading initiative, and I love that. But a lot of times what we do is to get students to write a book report. Tell me what the story is about. And the writing to respond process, what it does is to take students beyond summarization. It's a lot more than what the story was about. How do you compare a character in your novel or in what you read to a real-life person? Do you support? one of the actions in there? Would you defend it? Would you challenge it? What is a better plan you could create mm-hmm. for something in there? So all of those things started coming up, and I'm like, I need to let my students be able to do that every day, every week, every month, so that they will not be surprised when they get it on a test. Mm-hmm. Hello?
think I lost you. Hello? Go ahead, Dr. Watts. Go right ahead. Oh, yes. Oh, what did you ask? I wasn't hearing you. Sorry. Yes, yes, we're here. Go right ahead. Did you yeah, hear what, me okay? What did you ask? Yeah, I can hear you now. What did you ask Okay, me? no, I was just about, I was making a statement. I was making a statement about how difficult things were, and I was explaining where you're talking about the University of the Virgin Islands on St. Thomas campus. But most specifically, mm-hmm. what I was about to ask you is this. With the English language taking a turn for the worse when we look at things like Facebook and texting, how do you, as a professional educator, help students to understand that the word you, the person you're referring to, the pronoun you, mm-hmm. is spelled with three letters, not with just one? How do you say, uh, I don't know, as words, problem not, rather than D-N-K. I-D-K. I mean, the language has okay. changed amazingly for the worse. Okay. Well, here's what I do. I teach children that there's something called code switching. And because I came from a yes. country where, where we have a French Creole, I had to learn or teach students code switching from the very day that I began teaching. Because students would... We have a dialect, and students will have a tendency to write or, or insert some of these dialects in their writing. So we had to teach from, from day one that code switching is very important. And yes. I have the same task, even when I taught at the university, because I taught at UVI for eight years in, um, with yes. the skilled students. And what I would do is I would give students an assignment. I would say, you are to send me an email. It ha- I wanted to, so I would go ahead with the, the, uh, the basics of an email with them, and I'd say, number one, if your email address is not recognizable, I will not open it. Number two, if there are any small, <laughs> small letter I's, IDKs, or small U's, I will not respond. So if I did not respond, you know you do not have a grade. So that was like the first week of that was one of the things that I Ooh, did on university level. So right away when you I was telling students, right, I was, I was just trying to tell students, you don't want to confuse text vocabulary with professional vocabulary. You want to make sure that you do it well. And then when I taught at Chartmalia High School, I had business 12th grade class. And I remember sitting in a meeting with, with um, the people who were helping us, the, 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 our community, um, how we call them, our partners in the community. These are businessmen. And the one student, the one gentleman, he pulled out his phone and he said, I'd like to show you all an email that was sent to me by one of my newly, you know, my new employees just graduated from your school to say that he could uh-huh. not make it to work. It was disheartening. And um, I started thinking, I said, look, I cannot leave that just for my UVI students. I've got to do it right here at Charles Marley High School. And so my business 12th grade students, we went through that. They had to go ahead and send me an email and make sure it was professional. I would give them the, the let's suppose wow. they were doing the research paper. I would say, I wanted to send me an email stating where you are on your process, what you plan to do next, and if you need any help. And the same thing, if that email had any errors as far as the I, 
Okay. And anything else that yes. was not standard, I would not respond. And if the email address did not con- contain your name, I would not respond either. So students had to go ahead and create names instead of having sweet sugar and all of those um, funny email addresses that they had. They had to create emails with their <laughs> yes. name. And then I would yes. respond to it. Otherwise, I will not respond to an email that I cannot recognize and is not written properly. So I realized then that I didn't have to wait until I taught at the university to teach those um, code switching things. And so it's good that you brought it yes. up because it's okay. It's okay to text. It's okay to write IDK or um, yes. FYI or whatever it is. It's okay. But when do you use it? When do you, when do you use it? Yes. You know? I, I remember, and, and that's funny, I remember um, my son, I would pick up his phone and I'd say, I'm going to try to, if somebody texts, I want to try to respond, to, you know. And then he says, come on, mommy, they know that's not me. They know that's not me. Because all of my words were said. You can't do it. <laughs> yeah, so you say, you say, come on, mommy, they know that's not me. So it's just to show yes. that even even um because we, we're so used to spelling out everything, and he would say, oh, come on, mommy, they know that's not me because yes. everything is spelled out, you know. But um, it's yes. okay. I think it's okay. And um, I don't think that texting or Facebooking should prevent. It should, if anything, I think students should read more because of the phone. Because right now I don't, I can miss the news because I can always pull up my phone and get it on there. So I yes. think yes. It's, well, me, it's at the disposal. What we have to do is just teach them. <laughs> well, it's a very job mm-hmm. to teach them that they are speaking really or communicating in two mm-hmm. languages. One, That's right. the language of their peers, but also mm-hmm. the standard English that they need for a job, mm-hmm. that they need for yes. doctors, that they need for mm-hmm. any professional that they go to. Because That's professionals right. are not going to speak in slang. So That's it's right. hard to have that slang. It's hard to use whatever they're using, but they need mm-hmm. to code switch. And for those in the That's audience right. who may not know what code switching is, it means switch it from one language form to another language form, whether mm-hmm. it be within the same language here, here. If mm-hmm. we're speaking English, but we're speaking with, with, mm-hmm. with uh, well, let's, let's call it uh, Facebook ease, Facebook language. That's right. Then right. that's different. Mm-hmm. We could do that with our friends. But if we go to that's a right. professional environment, then we need to speak professionally using standard language. So that's, that's what right. you're, you're, you're saying. Is that correct? Okay. That's correct. Well, let me let me ask you this then: Do you go around to schools and churches and speak as a guest speaker or PTAs? Well, well, not. Re- I should say no at this point. When I was at the Virgin in the Virgin okay. Islands, I did more um, outreach because, for example, at my church, we would have that education week where we can mm-hmm. we would address parents. Um, every time I had a new product, I would go ahead and have a an open night at my church and um, parents would come in mm-hmm. the Friday night and then I would speak to them and, and share with them and, and talk to them about, you know, being ahead of the game and everything else. Um, so my opportunities sure. were, well, I did more of it while I was at the Virgin, in the Virgin Islands. I am now in Florida. I've been there for three years now. I've done just two um. church, um, how would I say it, sessions where I just spoke with two our well, parents who were interested, 
helping their students read and write in response to text. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you this. Yeah. And someone listening to our show right now would like to learn more about you. How can they reach you, either in person or online? What's the best way they can reach you? My website is B-U-D-D-I-N-W-R-I-T-E-R-S. It's like budinwriters.com. My email address is the same thing, budinwriters at gmail.com. And my telephone number, 340-642-1581 or 321-266-9737. Email works very well. If you send an email, I will email you back within 24 hours. Even before 24 hours, I will respond. I respond to emails really quickly. So email is always the fastest and the best. Okay. Email. Can you repeat those numbers, please? Yeah. Email and, and phone numbers, please. Okay. Email, B-U-D-D-I-N. Go ahead. Budinwriters mm-hmm. at gmail.com or Martha J. Watts at yahoo.com or 321-266-9737 or 340 340- Six four two one five eight one, and again, email is the most so you, efficient. I would um, because you yes. may call and probably I'm not available. But if you send the email, I would probably respond to you in the next before the day is out. Fantastic. And you're mm-hmm. also on Facebook, are you not? I am. Yes, I am. Okay. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. So let's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, sir. You're covering the waterfront mm-hmm. exactly. Well, yeah. let's go back to what you're doing professionally now. So you do presentations, okay. you've created materials, you've recreated, you've recre- you have re- you have created, ooh, I got stuck there for a minute, created materials, mm-hmm. resources that teachers and parents can use for their children. Tell us a little bit about Correct. some of the materials you've created, please. Okay. First, I created the Writing to Respond, Cultivating a Habit. And as I told you how it started off, um, so that one I created it at first with the intention of students using it because the, the, the process is in there and then a place to write in the back. So it was, it was kind of half-half, the process and then the journal in the back. But then I realized that, um, uh-huh. well, I had that first. Then when I came up to Florida, I realized that there's such a focus on testing that I decided, okay, I'm going to do the next version, which is writing to respond to and to test. So there's the daily writing or the weekly writing, and there's the one for writing in response to text. And then I realized that, well, not everybody wants to read a whole book. So, and then you have the ELL students, which are the English language learners, so, and students with disabilities and, you know. So I decided, well, okay, I can put, because since it's not a book, it's a process. And I want people to understand, yes, I have written a book, but it's not really a book. It's the process, the writing to respond process. So I was able to transcribe that and create a succinct version of it and put it on a wheel. So each student, a student can have that wheel, and the step is right here. Can you identify the important um, aspects of the text as the author, the title, and the publication information, can you summarize the information? Can you react to it? Are you going to react with analysis? Are you going to react with evaluation? So this whole, the, whole, the entire process is on wheel. And the other side of the wheel, which is the student wheel, has how to respond 
to test. It gives information on responding to the narrative, oh. the evaluative, the argumentative yes. essay, and also the synthesis essay. And of course, how to tackle a prompt. So that one wheel is a succinct version of that blue book, which is writing to respond to text and test. And what I recommend is that for classrooms, a teacher could have the book as a resource for his or herself, and then each student could have a copy of the wheel. And then I decided in my classroom, I had to make copies all the time of the graphic organizers. And so I'm like, why not just create a workbook? So I went ahead and I created the workbook. And then when I visited a school, school, one of the APs said to me, I would like examples in the workbook because some teachers do not have time to present. <laughs> to, to, so please oh put it in here. So yes. we, have, we have some concerned parents who would actually go through that with their, their children. And it makes okay. sense. So I went back to work and I, I created the workbook with examples of the test in the third grade wow. version, 3 to 5 and the 6 to 12. So I have a three versions of the workbook. The K through two is just to prepare them for writing. So they're not doing much writing in there. They're more talking. They're drawing lines to show the aspects of the book. They're drawing pictures to summarize. They're drawing, you know, so it's more like getting them to think the process mentally. And then when they begin by third grade, they're ready to write. Then they will have that other workbook that takes them straight into writing. And then the charts, those teachers, each classroom can have their own classroom chart to actually get to start the students with the process orally. Because the process can be used every day, any day, with any subject area, whether it's math, science, social studies. It's just getting students to think critically, analytically, just being able to think, you know, problem-solving-wise, and that's what it really is. So... That's wow. pretty much what it is. And then I, I realized, well, guess what? If I go to a school and do a training, there might be a teacher who is absent. So why not prepare an educator's wheel so that that school can say, look, here, this is what it is. I can give you a little rundown, but here, you can keep this as a reminder. So the step is on one side yes. for the educator wheel, and the other side has how do you prepare to teach it? What are the common core standards Fantastic. that you will, you will encounter while you're teaching it? What are the ELA shifts that you're encountering while you teach it? What is the framework that you're going to use to teach it? All of that is on the other side of the wheel for the educator. So you can hand that to a science teacher, a social studies teacher. It doesn't have to be language arts. Okay? So wow. I have done it in a way so that it will accommodate the teacher who is not interested in flipping pages to find information to do what we are asking them to do. Well, so it's like, we have it's about like two every... minutes left. Let me just ask yes. you this real quickly, please. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. In the two minutes we mm-hmm. have left, could you tell the audience about the teachers, paid teacher website that you're on that you create resources for teachers also? Yes. So pretty much is Teachers Pay Teachers is um, a storefront for teachers with, you know, resources. And I have presented my, my um, resources out there. I do not really, to be honest, my, most of my sales go through when I go to districts and I speak to them rather than teachers to teachers store. But okay. what I have done is put things, sure. I put things up there for free. So I've, I've made the process available in the chat. So if teachers want, they can actually download the chat, 
try it out and then apply, um, purchase the resources for implementing the process. So I want people to know it's okay, a process okay. with materials yes. to implement it. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the last minute we have remaining, could you give a closing mm-hmm. thought or a suggestion for the young authors? I want to say to young authors, think of what's needed. Because honestly, I've had, I have scripts right now sitting somewhere for fiction that has, they've never been published. But there was a need for teaching students mm. to read and write in response to text. And so yes. that's where all of these things came from. And all of the resources that I have created, I never had a list somewhere saying, this is what I'm going to do next. It just came up each time. Each time there was a need, I just fulfilled it. Very good. So, yes, there are times yes. when you probably have. And one thing I want young authors to know, do not be intimidated by your reviewers. And that is one of the reasons I probably never published a fiction book. I was always afraid of what my reviewers are going to say. <laughs> and that is, that is a big, big, big hindrance. Do not be afraid of what people are going to say about your work. Just go ahead, follow your path. We just about, and we're just we're just about out of time, Doc. We just about out of time. We definitely we definitely have to have you back. Definitely, we will have you back so you can talk to more yeah. about what you have to offer. You have so much. No offer. problem. Thank you for taking your time no to be problem. with us today. We appreciate it, mm-hmm. and we'll catch you around next mm-hmm. time. Thanks, Doc. Definitely. Thank you. Long for now. Okay. Thank you. This is great. Right, you. you just heard the newest. Yeah. Bye bye. You just had a session with Dr. Martha J. Watts, the author and educator of Writing, uh, Writing to Respond, to respond. Process. That's mm-hmm. the material. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah, to respond. That's mm-hmm. her process. That's her materials. So until next time, we'll mm-hmm. say so long from In the Author's Corner with ATN. So long, Doctor. Thank you very much again to be with us. Thank you we'll very you much, Mr. Time. Gibson. Welcome. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Mm-hmm.